Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Mill Travel American Express, and Casella Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to WDEV at RadioVermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Yeah, we're catching up with the news today. Good afternoon. Travels with Charlie, your host, Charlie Papillo. Looking forward to a great program today. We'll tell you about that in just a moment. Shout out to uh, our sponsors of Travels with Charlie. As you know, this show would not happen without their help and their support. Hope that you support them. Casella Waste Systems, casella.com. Jolly convenience stores when you're on the road like I am. I know where to stop for a hot drink or a cold drink or fill my belly Fill my tank. Milne Travel, when you're traveling, check them out. MilneTravel.com. They've been doing that since 1975. And how about a delicious bagel from Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington? It's now called Myers Wood Fired, of course. They're at a new location, 408 Shelburne Road in Burlington. Check them out. Myers Bagels. Myers Wood Fired. Well, a great lineup today. We're going to be talking with someone that I've known for almost 30 years. I've known him as Slappin' Billy B with the Starline Rhythm Boys, Billy Bratcher. He's going to be joining me in the second half of uh, my show. But my first guest today, recognizable to so many for at least 40 years, you've seen him and you've heard him reporting the news on my NBC 5 Won't you please welcome to Travels with Charlie, Stuart Ledbetter. Stuart, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Charles. <laughs> it's great to see you again. Well, it's great to see you. You know, uh, th- I, I try not to, you know, inject myself too much into the, the story, but certainly, you know, I, can, I, I know I know what you're going through. You know, it was five years ago when I stepped away from my uh, position as a morning talk show host for 20-some-odd years and, you know, what goes on in your mind during all of that. I can only imagine what's going on in your mind right now. There's certainly going to be some relief, but... You know, I'll tell you, you know, as you step away, you know, within a couple of months, you start going, you miss some of the things, you know. Oh, I'm sure. You, I'm you sure. really do. Yeah. I. It's interesting to hear you say that because I ask everybody who is um, newly retired, what's it like? What's it like? Yeah. And, I, and I've gotten a couple of um, – I've gotten a lot of, of feedback and, and emails and, and notes and stuff. And people say, well, don't say retire because you're not going to retire. No, you won't retire. You're not going to – Yeah, look at me. <laughs> I'm right, here. exactly. <laughs> You're not going to sit in the rocking chair in the home. Yeah, quite yet. That day will come, but yes. we're not quite there yet. Uh, no, but uh, you know, I'm sure it, it's it's a mix of uh, excitement and yeah. anxiety and um, some sadness. Yeah. Absolutely, because yeah. uh, it's been a great run. This is fun business. Um, it, it absolutely for the most part. it is. Yeah, you're the same age that I was uh, when I retired, so you still got plenty of years in front of you to to do the things that you like. Maybe do some traveling. I know yeah. you've You've talked about that, but let's go back to the beginning of your career. Sure. You started off in radio. I did. And, I, I was and, a radio news guy uh, for about a year and a half yeah. um, uh, up in South Burlington yeah. on the AMFM up there and did morning um, morning drive, which, uh, you know, when you're, when you're 22, almost kills you. Yeah. To get up at that hour yeah. of the day was something <laughs> brand new, and it, not, I was not always successful. Yeah. 
Uh, there was the time that my Volkswagen uh, got caught on the snowbank because the street hadn't been plowed, and I was teetering up and down. <laughs> and I said, "Good God, I got to get to work." <laughs> were um, you were you ever late? Oh yeah, you were. Oh yeah. man, oh. I, I was late. Uh, they covered for me though. They oh, okay. were they were oh, great. You, you had good guys. Joel Nashman, for you. yeah, sure, uh, covered for me. Yeah, and um, it was a great crew. Yeah, um, I tried not to be, but um, but I worked. I mean, I was just bitten by the bug. So, so what happened? You went a, a year in radio, and by the way, you know, if you're you're starting off in radio and you're doing the morning drive, yeah, that's key. I mean, that's you're doing the right drive, obviously. So you started off in a good spot. A lot of guys are doing the overnight, you know, the twelve till six in the morning, and nobody yeah. hears them. Um, but what happened that you went to TV? Was TV your first? Was that your real goal? No, not really. I thought radio was absolutely yeah. terrific. But uh, Charlie, they paid me one hundred and eighty-five dollars a week. Really? Yeah. That, that, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Now you do the math. You well, multiply that. Times well, that wasn't two. bad money back then. Well, it, it, our my taste. Forty were, years ago. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it, look, it was more than I'd ever made. Yeah. At that at that time. Yeah. And, and and I was having a ball. And this was a really fun business. But, you know, television news back then uh, was, uh, you know, it's it was more money and more eyeballs, right. uh, yeah. a bigger audience. Yeah. And it was that was exciting, too. Yeah. So I got the call from the news director at uh, Channel 5. I'd been talking to Channel 22 at the time. And I'd been on Channel 3 a few times doing You Can Quote Me yep. with the uh, late Richard Gallagher. Mm. And, uh, and he was terrific, um, to me. And, but Channel 5 came with the offer. Yeah. Burlington Bureau, expansion reporter. How would you like it? And it was, um, it took me all of, uh, you know, two minutes. And you say, stayed yeah. for 40 years. Now, yeah. now, that's another, when you think yeah, about weird. that. That's weird. That is, especially in this business. Now, I should say, you know, I mean, I stayed at WVMT for um, for 20 years, 20 plus years. I mean, I was there doing music before I went to News Talk. And my partner, Ernie Farrar, another uh, right. another Hall of Famer Absolutely. as yourself, 50 years in the same uh, same spot. And that's unheard of in this business. Yeah. People move on. Why didn't, I mean, you got offers. Why didn't you move on? Well, I almost did. Several times. Yeah. Um, but I, I, first of all, I grew up in southern Vermont. Vermont is my home. Yeah. And that's a powerful thing. Um, but at various times along the road, um, uh, I remember I, I turned down a job in Syracuse. I loved the job. Good TV station. Yeah. I had two hours before the return flight. You news, don't want to live in news, Syracuse. News director said, here, yeah. here's the keys. Go go drive around. Yeah. See, you know, uh, he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I know guys that went to school there and they said it was like prison. <laughs> no. It's, it, had he not let me take the car around, I probably would have gone. Yeah. But, um, you know, there were places in different parts of the country that yeah. just didn't appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the tough one was the Associated Press. I got an offer there. They were, um, you know, that's a, as you know, a, a text, print, and yes. still photo yep. wire service. Yeah. Well, a lot of their clients, newspaper clients, were clamoring for video um, for their websites because the internet was exploding in the early 2000s. Yep. So they were launching a, um, a video unit, uh, and they wanted five of us uh, to come and and do television stories that would be embedded in newspaper websites, which was brand new. Right. And, uh, boy, that was a tough one. I went around and around, and I went right up to the deadline because I'd always wanted to live in D.C. because yeah. I'm a political guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my father said, well, Stuart, um, 
you know, in Vermont, you have, uh, you know, a reputation and, you know, people know you and you enjoy it and you live in your own home and sleep in your own bed and, right. and your house is on the way to being paid off. Yeah. And are you sure you want to leave yeah. what you have in Vermont to be a nobody in the back room on the fourth floor of the AP building? Yeah. And that's kind of – those words are in my head this week because well, none I, of this would have been possible. And I guess it's almost about being, um, you know, a small fish in a big yeah, bowl I mean, or a regular-sized fish in a small bowl. Well, this, this is, is a tiny right? little state yeah. um, and yeah. you can really have an impact yeah. here whereas in D.C., of course, it's yeah. the epicenter of politics right. but you know, you're one of a million. I have to ask you though because, uh, you know, my experience, uh, you know, again, this is the only market that I've worked in and, you know, covering mostly politics. I did a lot of pop culture but, you know, for the most part, uh, politics – and I almost found that it was very easy to get to talk to most of our politicians. They were very, yeah. very accessible. And I have to imagine that in larger markets, uh, you know, bigger states, that just doesn't happen. I don't know. I, I, I guess it depends. I, um, I work for Hearst Television, which also owns the, the big station in New Hampshire. Yeah. And I was just talking with a guy last week. And he said, oh, my God. I mean, they fall over themselves to call you back. This is, of course, during the presidential yes. primary yeah, sure. when you're a dominant station. But, but yeah, ask any political reporter in Vermont. One of the joys here is the uh, access that you have yeah. to decision makers at, at every level in the state. Right. Um, assuming that you treat yeah. them um, well and right. uh, fairly. Yeah. Uh, you know, to be able to have a – not a relationship, but a working relationship right. with every administration yeah. um, has been super rewarding. Yeah. I had no idea when I started that we would have as much political news uh, as unfolded here with some key issues that yeah. roiled the state capitol and three presidential campaigns yeah. with – Pretty um, interesting. Our guys, I mean, it little, was little phenomenal. little Vermont, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and people that we had an opportunity to talk to uh, on a regular basis before they became candidates uh, for president. And you bring up the, you know, I bring up the accessibility thing. I got to bring up, um, uh, you know, a common uh, fr- friend of ours, uh, politician, uh, Bernie Sanders, who, yeah. um, you know, Bernie and I, I had Bernie on as a regular guest for years, and then uh, I was probably, I wouldn't say overly critical. I mean, as critical as I am of anyone that I didn't agree with, uh, was kind to him. Uh, uh, and he didn't like some of the things that were said, and, and he wouldn't come on the program any longer. And then we had this long stretch where he wouldn't come on, and I sort of wore that as a badge of honor. You know, Paul Heinz and I used to have this competition about who hadn't had him on uh, for the longest. And and you had an opportunity where he actually walked off uh, during an interview with you at one point. Uh you recall it? No. Um, I, vaguely. Vague. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bernie always, throughout his time, when he yeah. was mayor, yeah. uh, he wanted to talk about what he wanted to talk about. And if he invited the press in, often yeah. we would have some something else to ask. Yeah. He didn't uh, he always appreciate like Well, occasionally he'd yeah. be all right. Uh, yeah. but, but don't be surprised if he if he did, wants to keep the focus on his, the right. topic du jour. Yeah. Um, I think also he changed after he ran for president. I mean, that was heavy yes. stuff. Yeah. Uh, I would I, say I, even I, Howard Dean did after he ran for president. I don't think there's any he question changed a little bit, right? But, yeah. you know, in fairness, when you watch these guys, as I, I went around the country for all, for both of those, well, for all three campaigns, but particularly, uh, Dean and, and the first Bernie campaign. And, you know, there are tens of thousands of people that were coming out to see them and, 
I, I, I was on a, uh, one of his campaign buses in West Des Moines, uh, and Bernie allowed, uh, the CIX and the, and the NBC5 reporter onto his bus for a couple of minutes to talk about whatever we wanted to ask him. Give him, give us a little access. And I said, you know, it's as if Lennon and McCartney are walking out onto that <laughs> stage there, Bernie. What does that feel like? And he goes, oh, it's not about me. It's about, <laughs> yeah. it's about the issues. Said, well, it's a lot yeah. about you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it, 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 I, I, so I think in fairness, maybe it's inevitable yeah. that, that that kind of experience would change yeah. you. Yeah. But I think you're right. Stu Ledbetter, my guest uh, this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Questions or comments? You want to talk with him? He's retiring from uh, my NBC Five, uh, the news desk. Uh, this this Friday will be his last show. There, uh, we'll talk more about that coming up right after the break. But if you want to join us, two four four seventeen seventy seven or one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. Back right after this, Travels with Charlie, WDEV. When I'm on the road, I don't have to look very far for a place to fill my gas tank or my belly. Jolly Convenience Stores, with over 40 locations to choose from, makes it easy. Fuel for your car, fresh-made sandwiches, soft drinks, hot coffee, pastries, friendly service, and even creamies. Jolly Convenience Stores supports your community by sponsoring events, veteran organizations, and more. That's why I support them, and you should too. Stop in today. Jolly Convenience Stores, home of the Daily Smile. Welcome back. Travels with Charlie. Glad that you could join us uh, this afternoon. Charlie Papillo, your host, along with Stu Ledbetter, retiring from NBC5. This Friday will be his last show. Lots of questions uh, to ask him, and if you want to join us, you can do that, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. Stuart's looking. I, I haven't memorized this number yet. I still have the old one in my Yeah, head. I bet. <laughs> I, have to, I have to look at it. Uh, interesting uh, article in uh, Vermont Digger, and you stated that um, you might write a Guide to the best and worst gas stations in Vermont in your retirement. I would read that book. No, it's, it's but there's a word missing oh. that uh, the reporter. I maybe I was talking too fast. Which yeah, sometimes yeah. happens. Gas station delis. Oh, ga- okay. Because the photographer I worked yeah. with for most of my the last twenty years, and I, I think we've been to most of them. Yeah, and there are some that are just. Awful. Well, there's you know the and hot some that are really good. The hot dog on the roller that's been there since midnight yeah. last night. There's an Indian deli. I think it's in Barrie. Have you been to that one? I haven't. Yeah, pretty good food. Have you been to Dudley's in uh, South Barrie? No, uh, no. And some of them, when the gas station changes ownership, yeah, they yeah. they get better or worse. Yeah. But the ones that are locally owned, yeah. the, they're family owned, where they take pride in in you know making them fresh chicken salad. Absolutely. That Stuff would be like a great that. book. It no, really would. Uh, th- yeah. They just vary widely. Yeah. I mean, I said it tongue in, tongue in cheek, but we've joked about it. Your dad was um, a, a candidate for U.S. Senate. He That's also true. state banking and insurance commissioner. Yeah. How much did he in, influence you in, in your career, you know, reporting on politics, but you didn't get into politics? Uh, no, um, but I got pretty close to politics and politicians uh, yeah. in in the the last 40 years. Um growing up, you know, we were uh, I was my brother and I were in a pretty political family. My parents were um lifelong Republicans certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh they told me that they went to a fundraiser for Richard Nixon years ago when I was tiny. I mean, as, yeah. I guess he was running in 68, so it might have been in 67 or yeah. something. And apparently at this uh, event I spilled uh, some kind of 
high C or juicy juice yeah. on his shoes. On and Nixon, Nixon? Yeah, Nixon shoes. <laughs> and he took it okay, uh, so I'm told. I have no, no memory of this, but, um, but my parents were Republicans and dad was involved in the town and yeah. county committees and he, he did run for the, for the U.S. Senate, uh, in the 80, the infamous 80 race. And it is that exposure to seeing reporters interact with your parents yeah. that got, that, that was sort of the light bulb that went off. Way back, um, I was in college at the time. I was young, maybe even a senior in high school. When you take a look at the news reporting today and how it's changed since uh, you first came on the scene, you know, with social media, that didn't play in at all 40 years ago. No. Today, people get their news not only from, uh, you know, the whole thing about breaking news, it's kind of changed because breaking news was you got it at 6 o'clock. Today, breaking news, it can happen on a radio station as well as on social media, and people get – there's all kinds of platforms out there where people are getting their news. Radical, radical change yeah. uh, since um, since I was growing up. I mean anybody who's you know 40 or older will remember um, just how dominant the big three television networks were. Exactly. Yeah. And how it was a – you know, people gathered around yep. at a certain time, 6.30 yeah. p.m. Watch Eastern. Got to watch the news. And uh, – uh, and, you know, and the set of facts was presented and then people would have other opinions about that. But we could agree on a set of facts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not so much today. Uh, there are alternative facts. There are – I mean there's always been spin, of course. Yeah. Campaigns yeah. are yeah. – that's what they do. But um, the fragmentation of the media has been um, breathtaking with the advent of the internet and 200 cable channels and yeah. – Thousands and thousands of radio stations, and and in Vermont, we're lucky. We we have a lot of uh, small uh, newspapers, community yeah, papers, and yeah, weeklies, and yeah. uh, po- now we have podcasts, and yeah. it's you know it's it's very very fragmented. So the you, the slice of your audience becomes yeah. uh, very niche. And with the social platforms that are out there, uh, people have an opportunity typically to answer back. And sometimes, you know, I'm sure you read some of those, and they, they get so far away from the story that you're reporting on it. By the time you get down to the bottom, it, 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 a lot of it becomes very personal. They're taking personal shots at people which don't belong anywhere in the story. Well, uh, some media outlets, a lot of media outlets have, um, have switched those off because yeah. they just, it's just toxic. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to, to live in this country is, you have to be aware of the division. And the, and the different tribal camps that that people are, uh, find themselves in and seem to gravitate toward. I mean, where are we going, Charlie? Mm-mm. As a country, <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> I know. Um, um, what are you going to do when you retire? I don't know yet. Yeah. I really don't. You said you wanted to do some traveling. Oh yeah. Do well, you? I mean, everyone yeah. says that. Yeah. But yeah. I've never had more than two weeks off in forty-one years. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, for example, I have. They're getting on in years too. Um, old friends who live in Australia. Well, I've never been able to go because yeah. you can't go for two weeks. Right. Um, and you know, I, and I want to drive across this country slowly, slowly, such that you know you're always in a hurry. Oh, geez, I'd love to do yeah. that, but I got to be yeah. back at the office on Monday, and you. That won't be an issue anymore. Now, you're not getting out of this entirely just yet. In fact, uh, NBC5 says that you're going to be doing some political coverage. We've got an election well, coming up. So They've asked if I um, 
you know, if, if I'd consider coming yeah. back in the fall yeah. uh, to do some campaign-related yeah. reporting, and yeah. that might be really fun. Yeah. I don't know. It's six months from now. Yeah. Oh, you'll do it. I have no idea what No, that. you'll do it. <laughs> Pro- yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah because uh, that's not a big commitment. It's not every day. And, I, do and have a, I do have a new job. Already? I, I, it's, it's, it's very brief in duration, but I am yeah. going to work uh, as, a, as an election worker. You are? A poll worker on nice. town meeting day. Nice. I've never seen an election from that <laughs> point of view. I'm going to do it for one day. Now, you're not going to pull a Tom Mesner and go uh, buy uh, you know, a, a – a, part of a baseball team or anything, are you? Uh, I'm, I'm not a baseball guy, but no? wasn't that cool? I mean, yeah. d- d- didn't that seem like a perfect fit? It really did, yeah. yeah. And Tom's another guy, you know, certainly from NBC5, yeah. the weather guy there for years, uh, that he he still keeps his face out there, still does some things, so we still see him. You know, that whole thing about whether you're, uh, you know, a reporter, an anchor, or you're the weather person, you're also a face that people recognize um, so you know you're a you're a celebrity too it's not just I know you shake your head you know we don't want to think that way I never thought of myself as that uh, you know a celebrity but when people see you on the street they're always like they know you you don't know them but Stu how you doing yeah there's right? a lot of that and yeah maybe um, and I gotta say and I, I'm blessed to, to be a Vermonter and to be on a stack of Bibles to tell you that Ninety-eight percent of everybody I've met in my career have yeah. been great. Yeah, uh, it's just such a joy to live in a state where that's the case. Yeah. Uh, I think it helps if you treat people fairly, absolutely, and courteously. Yeah, um, and I mean, think about it. Uh, you, you know, it it almost bothered me when celebs said, you know, oh, everybody comes up, they want an autograph. They, t-, you know, if you didn't have them. You wouldn't exist. That's right. That's you know, right. you need them. Be nice to them, of course. right? Yeah. It's not. It's not that difficult, yeah. Charlie. <laughs> it isn't. So, forty years in broadcasting. I, I, I'm looking forward to your final broadcast. And you know, they always have the blooper reel. Um, do you have any insight what they're putting together well, for I, you? I, I don't, but yeah. I'm really hoping that they don't uh, pick the moment that I almost uh, caused a premature explosion. Jim Douglas was down at the Lake Champlain Bridge yeah. that had to be demolished. It was found to have been unsafe back in the end of 2009. It was a snowy day, really yeah. snowy, yeah. and you could hardly see uh, in front of you. And uh, and I and I tripped over the wire that had been run up to his the <laughs> no. governor's, and and he jumped and he said, "Stuart, quick!" You know, and I, I thought I was going to blow up the bridge prematurely. <laughs> I didn't see the wire, and I was oh, thank God, thank God, the Lord, Lord was shining down, looking down on me that day. Would have been embarrassing. Uh, you bet it would have made for a great blooper reel. Well. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, uh, Stuart Ledbetter, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie, is going to be retiring from uh, his NBC5 gig on Friday. That's going to be his last show. Uh, almost 40-plus uh, years working at NBC5, one year in radio. Uh, and Radio's uh, fun. It is fun, yeah. I know. I can yeah. see why you like it. The thing about radio is no shirt and tie. Yeah. You know? Uh, no, it's true. I, yeah. I remember that some days uh, – when you just barely made it in time, you might have been in your pajamas. Oh, uh, probably. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I have a memory of uh, a David Zuckerman. Actually, for some reason, he, he did an early morning interview with us as lieutenant governor, and he showed up in his pajama bottoms. Really? Yeah. What they look like? Um, they were like green with little lizards or something on them. I don't know. <laughs> kind of very strange, very strange. And certainly, uh, you know, I wasn't going to let him get away with it. I'm not revealing anything that that uh, people haven't already heard. Uh, uh, 
Um, so let's, um, as we wrap things up here, um, not in the public eye any longer, uh, and you're going to be um, just, you know, moving on. And I, we, you know, we've talked about how that's going to affect. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I'm going to, I'm going to take Pat Leahy's advice. He called me up and he was super gracious, yeah, yeah. and he said, um, "Don't say yes to anything. You'll be, you'll be amazed at what will present, what yeah. will unfold to you in the yeah. weeks after you um, uh, step down." But. I've got you know, I've got a camp up at the Kingdom. I, I do like to go down south uh, for a little bit in the winter. Of course, we haven't had much of a winter this year, no. so it hasn't. Yeah, I haven't felt the same urges. Uh, but um, I'll, I'll I'll pop up again. I'm yeah. sure. I, I think I gave you somewhat the same advice, and I give this to anybody that uh, is thinking of retiring. When you retire, just kind of put the phone away for a couple of months because yeah. uh, it's strange. But when people find out you're not working. They feel compelled to, oh, I gotta find something. He must be bored. Yeah. Uh, I've gotta find something for him to do. I think some people are bored. I, I don't get bored. No. I am super curious. No, you won't get bored. Uh, you'll, you'll be able to keep busy and that's, that's the key. You know, just keep yourself busy. Do all the things that you've wanted to do that you don't have the time to do every yeah. day and, yeah. and, uh, you, and you'll have fun. And then if you can sort of do some things in the media from time to time, people will love seeing you. You know, they, they don't, they, they'll miss you if they don't see you from time to time. So obviously, you know, stay, stay in there and, and we hope to see you at some point in the future. Well, I hope to, I hope to as well. I just, I don't yet know what that's going to look like. Yeah. I'm trying to get through this week, which is a yeah. big churn of emotion. Um, but I've had a lot of uh, email and, and cards and letters, uh, that are just super, super nice. Yeah. Really appreciate you joining me in studio. I think you understand. Whether you do it by phone or you're in studio, it certainly uh, it makes it a lot easier, and it's great to have you here. Uh, Billy Bratcher is going to be joining us in just a moment. Billy's on phone. I'm not knocking you, Billy. I know. I'll give you. You know, you can you can do it once or twice, Billy, but not again. Uh, I, I, just one final question before you leave, Stu, yes, and that is: as you take a look at the the media landscape today and the up and comers, and I, I'm I'm not knocking anybody, but it seems that what's happening in in the news. Uh, today is reporters, meteorologists, either we're getting older, uh, but they look like they're right out of school. It used to be you had some that came from another market before they came here. It seems like a lot of them are right out of school and coming to Burlington. Well, you see that? that is tr- well, it's true. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, that's a factual why, statement. Why do you think that is? Well, uh, I, I think it goes back to the fragmentation that I mentioned before, uh, the decline of syndicated media. You know, there is no Oprah or Ellen anymore. And so a lot of stations have have added newscasts and and started earlier in the day. Now we start at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. When I started, we started at 6 o'clock and there was one show and it was 30 minutes long. You know, now we start at 4. Well, that requires staff. So, and every station's doing that. As a result, there's huge upward mobility in in the broadcast news business. Um, it's It's no different at any of the three stations. And, you know, there are waves of, uh, of change every couple of years when contracts right. come up. Um, and, you know, we used to go, this used to be a second job market. Now it's uh, maybe a second, but maybe a first. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's the way the world turns. Yeah. And uh, there's some good, good people up and coming. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I work yeah. with some very yeah. talented people and I see them uh, across the street too. And, um, I think we'll be fine, but we are in a wave, yeah. uh, a wave change. Yeah. 
at the moment. Well, Stuart, thank you so much for joining me here this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Stuart Ledbetter, wish you all the best, and we look forward to seeing you doing something in the future. Around the bend. Around thank the you, bend. Thank you, Charlie. All right. Appreciate the invite. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining me. All right. Coming up next, it's Billy Bratcher, former Starline Rhythm Boy, just an entertaining guy. He'll be with us next right here, Travels with Charlie, WDEV. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you. Guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.millatravel.com. Well, some say love's no picnic, but you hear me crow. C on the vocal and that slapping Billy B on the stand-up bass. And he wrote that song too, and he's joining me right now here on Travels with Charlie. Billy Bradshaw. <laughs> Billy, good afternoon. Thanks for joining oh, me here today. Song, that song always gets me hungry, Charlie. Yeah. Oh, uh, mercy. So, <laughs> that was uh, back on the the Red's Place Starline Rhythm Boys CD. There's some great songs on there. We'll talk about yeah. some more of those coming up in just a moment. But certainly, uh, you know, a, a thrill to get you on here uh, with me, Billy. You know, you and I have known each other. For a long, long time, an entertainer, yep. a performer, a guitarist, a stand-up bass player, and of course a stand-up guy. Yeah. Um, it's just, um, you know, quite a, y- you and the Starline Rhythm Boys, uh, as of a couple of years ago, no longer performed together, though. Well, Charlie, I think that there was a very little gas left in the tank, in my opinion. Yep. And I, know, I didn't want to shortchange the fans, although... Me having said that, um, I don't think people really cared that we do that we did run out of gas. You know, I think they they still wanted the Starline Rhythm Boys on Vermont's stages. I just thought myself it was time to to move on, um, and it was just a life decision for me, and you know, a band decision ultimately. Um, but I I was I tried my hand at uh, just. Uh, living a life in a, in a job, you know, just a, 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 you know, going to a job and coming home yep. as opposed to going to a job, coming home, taking a nap, having my wife have to make me something for the road and, and hit the road. I mean, we were doing a lot of, a lot of shows. So it took a toll. It took a toll on me eventually, you know, so just, just, uh, it, it was just time, you know, it was yeah. time. By the way, the song that we led into the segment with, uh, uh, no gal cooks like mine. That's certainly yeah. a song that you wrote, but it, the inspiration had to be your wife Shay, who was a chef. Yeah, well, she she's uh, out of the kitchen now, doing more managerial work. She works for UVM Dining Services, and um, 
she's just, you know, she's a manager of, of a unit and um, not really cooking per se, but still has her hand in, in, the, in the business, you know. And, and what's up with you? I've been noticing some things on, on your Facebook page. You've been yeah. putting together some, some pretty healthy meals. And I know on the road yeah. you didn't get a lot of stuff like, you had hummus oh, the God, other Charlie. day. What are you doing, Billy? Well, no, this is important. I'll tell you why. What happened to me, real quick, uh, is I, I finally broke down and went to see a doctor. And um, my, my daughter really kind of pushed me to yeah. it. And I'm glad she did because I had, uh, it turned out, extremely high blood pressure and very high cholesterol. Yeah. So I don't have a choice but to cool it. You know, and it's funny. You know, I worked, I worked in a hotel for 30-something years at the Sheridan, which is now the Doubletree by yeah. Hilton. And then I went into senior living, uh, and I, I, went, I was there for about two and a half years. Uh, that job ended for me, unfortunately, right around Christmas time. And um, after the doctor visits, it was really it, it was uh, suggested highly that I that I alter my diet, and so I've done it. I've, I've you know so I what I have the time to do it now, which is great. Um, I prepare my beautiful lunches that I put on Facebook, and the reason I do that is it's therapeutic for me. It is, but I yeah. also am encouraging other people to eat healthy as well. Well, I have to imagine, important. absolutely, people are. You know, I'm looking for the Knob Creek uh, in the bottle next to the meal, no. and I don't, I don't see that there. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't film booze too much, Charlie, but it's, it's, I do partake in, in a little bit of yes. uh, Kentucky's finest from, from on, on occasion. <laughs> Billy Bratcher, my guest. <laughs> This afternoon on Travels with Charlie. You want to talk to Billy? 244-1777. Love to talk with you. 1-877-291-8255. we got a lot of area to cover here. You've yeah. been on the road most of your life. You know, yeah. full disclosure, I met Billy when I was doing <laughs> my mobile DJ gig uh, many times at the Sheridan Hotel, and you were in yeah. room service. And I can yeah. remember, Billy, you know, coming out during a break or maybe it was during cocktail hour and you just you know, put the CD on and let it play. And yeah. I'd go back and you'd be sitting next to the phone and you yeah. were all, and this is how you and I became friends because it was always, you know, if I needed a cup of coffee or something, man, you yeah. took you took care of me, you know, and then yeah, yeah, that, you're and, right about that, you know. And, I, and and when I was at I was at the residence at Quarry Hill, and uh, the, we had a lot of performers that come in there, and, and you know something, I, I extended that hospitality to those performers that came and played for our our residents. I would get them coffee. It's just <laughs> when you're in hospitality. It's just in your blood. Like, you know, it's just, that's all I've done. Yeah. That and entertainment. And I yeah. also ran a disc jockey business way back when in the late 80s into the 90s. That's right. Um, so you're right. That's how we met in hospitality and uh, entertainment. Yeah. And we remained friends for a very, very long time, which, Ab is, which is lovely. Absolutely. You, you wrote yeah. the C&E the &E theme song on uh, my morning show. Uh, and then yep. when I started doing the video series, Travels with Charlie, you hear that song every time I do a program here at the top of yeah. the hour, Travels with Charlie by, by Billy Bratcher. Uh, so, yeah. you know, very. And, uh, Jimmy Pittman plays uh, Dobro on that. Jimmy's a, um, a longtime Waterbury resident. Billy, you've He's a done. Steel guitarist and a Dobro player. Let's talk about some of your time on the road. Uh, now, first off, uh, yeah. I've, I've known you again, I've known you for a long time, and, and I, I knew you were into the Clash. I mean, you were into a whole different. Oh, way back, yeah. So, so how do you go from the Clash into rockabilly? How did that oh, all very, come about? Very, very easy. Um, the, the, the Clash were an English punk punk rock band started in seventy six, seventy seven. They first came here in seventy nine. 
and they were really, really influenced by American music. Uh, stuff like Carl Perkins, Bo Diddley, um, you know, just just what we call rockabilly music. They loved it. They embraced it. So I actually learned, you know, being a fan of that, of the Clash and stuff, that and a love of my father's music, which is Johnny Cash and Roy Orbison, that, I mean, I grew up with that stuff. Yeah. But it reinforced the coolness of that music via the, the, the coolest band at the time, which I thought was this band called The Clash. And so I embraced their their influences in American music, and I just expanded on it. And then my love for the rockabilly music expanded, you know. And um, so I sought that music out, um, eventually bought an upright bass, and I started to learn a technique that was featured in rockabilly music at the time in the 50s yeah. called slap bass, where you're, right. you're pulling on the strings and coming down with your hand and yeah. making a percussive sound. Right, and that, Very that's a unique sound. That's why you didn't need a drummer. I mean, basically. That's why you did, I was making, I was pulling double duty. Yeah. Make, I was the drummer and the bass player. Exactly. And, so, and it's very. It's very, very physical, you know, to do that constantly through a whole night without a drummer. Now so you, that's kind of where that came from. Um, you know, I'd listen to Bill Black, who played with Elvis Presley, his, you know, yeah, on the records, and I could hear that. I said, he's playing that slap bass style, and mm. I just learned it from doing it over and over and over. So when you and played, I, uh, Billy, when you played with Wayne the Train Hancock, were you doing... Austin, Texas. Yeah. yeah. Was that slap bass uh, back then? or did That you, was slap bass, yeah. yeah. My local group at the time, before Starline Rhythm Boys, uh, it was a rockabilly group called Buck and the Black Hats, pretty pretty big band in the mid-90s. Yeah, I remember. We yeah. opened up a show for, for Wayne, um, downtown Burlington. His manager and Wayne really thought I would be a good fit. Uh, to come to, to move to Texas and play to play with Wayne and travel the country, which I eventually did, but I did not officially move to Texas. I tried to convince my wife, but she's a Vermont girl and she didn't want to leave. <laughs> Billy Bratcher, so, my the, guest. The, the deal was yeah. they would have to fly me to the tour the tour destinations. If if a, if a tour started in Los Angeles, I would fly from Burlington to Los Angeles. They would pick me up at the airport. So they thought enough of me to do that. Wow. All the time. It, it could have been anywhere in the country, and they'll, they'll pick me up. Bill, are you going to hang with us? i got to just take a quick break here. Uh, we'll yes, be... sir. Yeah, I'll hang, right. Charlie. Lots more to talk about. Billy Bratcher, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie, and we'll talk more with him. Right now, I want to tell you about Myers Bagel Cafe. They're at 408 Shelburne Road in Burlington. And the name is now Myers Wood Fired. It's still bagels. Uh, they're going to be doing pizza shortly. Of course, all kinds of great libations. Uh, head in there on a Sunday, and you can get their signature surf and turf with with Tito's uh, bloody, you know, Tito's vodka, Bloody Mary, little Montreal spice in there. Awesome. The sandwiches are unbelievable. They got a very creative menu, and of course, uh, they've won lots of awards because of that. Seven days, he just gave them the award again for best bagels in the area. They've got wonderful flavored cream cheeses. They smoke their own meats there. You know, everything's Montreal style. They are hand rolled, honey boiled, and then wood fired. That's what makes them different. And if you want to check them out, and you should, 408 Shelburne Road in Burlington. And you can also find them online at MyersBagel.com. If you, you can order, you can order online. In fact, you know, before you get there, have your, have your order ready. And if you wear any paraphernalia that has the Myers logo on it and you buy a shirt from them, buy a, buy a toque or whatever, they'll take 10% off your, your, uh, 
your deal. So check it out today. Myers Wood Fired, 408 Shelburne Road in Burlington. They're open from 6 to 2 daily in Burlington. All right, we're back with Billy Bradshaw next, right here. Travels with Charlie, WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. Spent the night in a drunk tank. I took you way too far. Spent the night in a drunk tank. I'm hanging out in a bar. I just went downtown. You can hear that slapping Billy B in there, and that's a big Al. On the lead vocal, in fact, that was a song that Al wrote, inspired by a true happening in downtown Burlington, Billy Bratcher with the Starline Rhythm Boys. Billy, <laughs> can you fill us in a little bit about that song? Oh, it's just about, uh, he wrote one song and everybody makes a big deal out of it. <laughs> no, Jesus, wrote, you know, 40. <laughs> see, that's what, see, that's a small example of what a band is. It's yeah. a, it's a marriage yeah. and, those 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 things gotta happen, you know. Those oh Jesus, um, I don't know. His friend got thrown out of Nectar's one night or something. Some guy from yeah. the New York State, where yeah. Al's from, came up to see us, and they had uh, all these beers, all the beers that they offered up on a shelf, and the guy like drank every single one of them, I guess. And then they got he got drunk and they threw him out. That's a great and they story. Brought him down, they brought him to the drunk tank. That's where he belonged. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, where Billy, he belonged, yeah. Billy, uh, as we, we talked about, you worked in hospitality for many years in the Burlington yeah. area. And I keep telling you, man, you, you got to write oh. a book because, Jeez. you know, oh, people don't gosh. get this. I mean, the number of celebrities and, and musical acts especially that have come to Burlington, and you've had an opportunity not only to, to bring them dinner but to talk with oh. them, and occasionally – You'd sit down and and play guitar and 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 talk oh, with them, right? God, yeah, Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, I, I've got two. I got. We we don't have enough time. I can't even. Yeah, drop some names. I don't even know where to begin, yeah. other than this one. This one funny one. Yeah. Well, I started at the Radisson Hotel, which is now the Hilton on the lake, and they're changing their name to Champlain Hotel Lakeside or something yeah. soon. But back then, in the late '80s, it was the only game in town. So every single celebrity, every every performer stayed there for the most part. And I was the the, the, the room serve, the in room dining king. So I was I was there for all. I brought everybody their meals, like everybody. I met everybody. It's ridiculous. Um, but and then and then I'd eventually go over to the Sheridan Hotel when when they redid the hotel. But I was sitting down with a guy one time, and uh, his name's Leo. He's a guitar player for a, for a great group that the Neville Brothers were also in called the Funky Meters out of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And they used to tour with the Rolling Stones quite a bit. The Stones really liked them. And Leo became really good friends with Keith Richards. So I sat down and had breakfast with, with Leo. And he said to me, he says, you know something? You know what we're going to do right now? I said, what? He says, I'm going to call Keith Richards, and you're going to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I said, God, God, do not do that. Yeah. Please don't do that. Yeah. He 
did it. He called Keith Richards. Uh, he called Keith Richards' phone. Thank God Keith did not pick up the oh phone. My God. I did, he says, you're gonna, I'm going to give the phone to you, and you're going to talk to him. Wow. And Leo was wicked. He was a really cool dude and one heck of a guitar player. Jerry Lee Lewis, did you, uh, Jerry did, did you wait Lewis on him, the killer? Three. Jerry Lee Lewis came in. Yeah. He came in the lobby of the hotel, and I was walking around the corner, and I, and I saw Jerry, and I, uh, he, was, he had that Jerry Lee Lewis attitude, and I heard him say across the lobby, well, you tell him Jerry Lee Lewis is in town. And, I, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I went back to my little area in the kitchen where my air, you know, where the room service uh, area was, yeah. and the phone rang, and it was Jerry Lee Lewis. He oh, went right up to his room, yeah. ordered a club sandwich and a, and a Coca-Cola, and I went up there, and I knocked on the door, and I looked down at his boots. I said, Jerry... I said, I love those boots. He says, you like those killer? Those are my roach-killing boots. <laughs> <laughs> so then he said, come on in. No. So he took it. Yeah, I, I went in and shot, wow. the, shot the breeze with him. Wow. He sat on his bed, and he had a knife, and he was throwing the knife into a wall. <laughs> and he'd go over and get it, and he'd throw the knife into the wall again. It was the weirdest freak. It was so bizarre. But then I brought up a forty-five. That was my dad's. Um, Sun Records, one, one, one of Jerry's tunes, and Jerry signed it. And he, he said to me, this, this must be your daddy's record. I said, it, 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 yes, it was. Yeah. So he signed it, gave me a $20 tip, and he, and, he, and he punched me in the arm. He says, how's that, killer? I said, that's great, Jerry. I'll see you later. <laughs> what, what a fantastic story. And, of course, you, you know, the, the signed uh, 45 from, from Jerry Lee Lewis, you're a collector of many things. Uh, Seven yeah. Days did an article a few years ago about collectors, and you were included yeah. as you should be because yep. it's not just musical stuff. You've got you've got sports. You've got all kinds of things. Oh yeah, I got everything from a rookie Walter Payton to Leon Redbone's guitar he played on the Johnny Carson show. How'd you get into that? Oh, I was always fascinated by. Big league ball players. I have a note that I wrote probably 1970 to a base, baseball card company looking for uh, old cigarette cards and, and uh, Gaudi cards, which like Lou Gehrig was on that card. I was actually looking for a Gehrig card when I was, when I was like 10 years old. And I would used to, I used to write for ball, write to ball players, and I still have all the envelopes sent back to me in the autographs. I just wow. came across my. A Denny, Denny McLean autograph. He was a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, had 30 wins in 1968. Uh, so I, you know, and then, you know, and for me, Charlie, when I went to see a show, when I got into music, the first real big rock show I went to was Queen in 1977. Mm. And for me, it wasn't enough just to go to the show. I had to go to the hotel and meet Freddie Mercury, uh, go to the hotel and meet Roger Daltrey and Peter Townsend of The Who and wow. talk to them, which I did. So, and Joe Strummer from The Clash and all this stuff. And so I'd say it was a, just a natural progression of wanting to be around in, you know, the celebrities and things like that. It just was always fun for me. Billy, you're a big fan of Leon Redbone, as you mentioned. Yeah. You, you have his guitar. You own, how did that come about? I got two of them. You got two of them. How, I got how, the one he played on Johnny Carson, which is a 1930 National. And I have his very first guitar that he started playing in, when he was when he was playing coffee houses in Toronto. Nineteen, I got a picture of him in 1968 in Toronto with the guitar. So, did you buy that from his family? I mean, how did you? From his yeah, his wife. Wow. I got to know her. I met her a few times. I met Leon. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, when I got this BillyBrasher.com website up, I said to myself, boy, I really want to make a go of it with this website. So I asked Leon if he'd give me some kind of acc- accolade based on the music I recorded mm-hmm. and who I am as a person. And so he did give me an accolade for the for the website, and he's never done that. He didn't do that for any any other person ever wow. but me, which well, is great. Well, you're the very- other guy I called, and mm-hmm. this is this is Vermont right here. Who I who I really admire a great deal in the political game is uh, Jim Douglas. Yeah. I called Jim in his office and asked him the same thing, and he obliged and um, extended the courtesy of of an accolade. And he, what he wrote to me was just beautiful. Well, you're you're very deserving. We got to wrap up here. Oh. Bill, BillyBratcher.com is the uh, website still up, Bill? Yep. All right, yep. BillyBratcher.com for more information. There's so much more to talk about. You know, a former candidate for Mr. Burlington, Waldo yeah. and Woody, all kinds of things that uh, oh, Billy God. has done. Very, very deserving of all the accolades that have been given to you. Billy, again, thanks for your support over the years in writing music yep. for me and uh, and being on the program today. And we'll be in touch, certainly, and we got to get you down here to Waterbury someday. Oh. You tell Jack Donovan, I still, I, he's got to get me the Michael Hurley interview he did at WDEV. Tell him I'm still on the trail of that. All right, will do. Billy, the thanks great for... great Jack Donovan, okay? I sure will. Thanks for joining me today, Bill. Thanks, Charlie. Good day. All right, uh, another great program today. Hey, I want to remind you, coming up on the next show on February 26th, Aaron Segrist will be joining me, the Vermont Retailer and Grocers Association president. Uh, Travels with Charlie is brought to you by Casella Waste Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, Milne Travel, Myers Wood Fired. My theme song is written and performed by Billy Bratcher, executive producer Brad Furlan. Running the board today, Danny McGivergan. I'm Charlie Papillo. I'll see you in my travels. I'll see you in my travels. I'll be hanging around, covering lots of ground. If you'd be so kind, you share with me.